Hello, Chris Evans here with a special edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Because we were recently gifted the chance of having a conversation with the fascinating, oh-so-clever Tony Fidel. Tony made, conceived, invented, got the team together, and then made the iPod. Yes, the actual iPod. And if that wasn't enough, he then came up with the iPhone. It's very clever. Enjoy. Never one to be scared of flying the nest. Our next guest certainly is the apple to my iPhone. His new book, Build, an unorthodox guide to making things worth making, is out now. And here, with the best advice, to make sure you're not up a creek with no paddle, here's the man who changed the world, Tony Farrah! <laughs> morning, Tony! Good morning! Wow, high energy, this is great! Uh, how are you? Great! Great, so- Chris. Born in 1969, uh, that's how the book kicks off after your intro. Build an unorthodox guide to making things worth making. And you just had to have your first computer uh, in 1981 at the age of 12. What was it? How could you afford it? Uh, so uh, first computer was an Apple II, and I afforded it by... My grandfather said he'd match all the funds I'd make uh, for the summer. So I was a caddy for a summer, and I worked my butt off. And the computer was like $2,500 in 1981. It was crazy. So my my grandfather matched me, and I got my my love of my life for that time of you know, okay. Life. And it was a brown computer, overtly brown. Um, do you still have it? I I absolutely oh my do still have me. it. Is it worth more than that now or less? No, no, it's worth less. It's, it's like a collector's item. It's or not like one that. of those very rare ones. No. Okay. Do you have a super rare one? Do you have computer memorabilia at home? Oh, absolutely. Lots of stuff. What kind of stuff do you have? Well, I have early iPod stuff. Of course but, you do. Yeah. But but no, I have things that are just uh, all old Apple II stuff like tablets for the Apple II where you could actually write and I have things that would generate sound and right. music like all this crazy stuff <laughs> like you, you had to be a real real geek to have it Tony it's really exciting to talk to you I mean this is Tony <laughs> Fidel who made the iPod and then as if that wasn't enough he made the iPhone alright so what happened between 1969 and 1981 that made you fall in love with computers well it was really I just took a summer school class right so I took a summer school class I think it was in grade 5 and it was there was no displays involved it was literally a paper terminal. Paper, I would write on paper like little cards and you would bubble them and I would put them into a machine it would read them and then it would spit out on paper the thing I would do. And literally I was like, there's this crazy thing. I didn't even see the machine because the machine was somewhere else and it was a mini computer and I was just making this thing do what I wanted it to do and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I didn't know what else to do. I was just like, and I just fell in love. I don't know why. It was just, that's how my brain works. Okay, that was your true nature, I suppose. Yes. When you when you meet people who don't know what you do and they say, you know, uh, what do you do or what did you do or what have you done? What's it like to say, I made the iPod and the iPhone? Uh, it's it's humbling to me, really. I just, I think I'm like, thank you. You know, I, 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 I had suffered for 10 years of just complete failure. You know, I was working really, really hard doing similar things, but they never really amounted to anything, um, uh, you know, except for geek stuff. But to say that you did that and you go and you pinch yourself going after all of this adversity, you're like, oh, my God, thank you. You know, it's just it was just really nice because I had always hoped I always wanted to be successful, but I didn't know that that would be like that. Well, this book is brilliant. I, I read it yesterday uh, from cover to cover. Build an orthodox um, guide to making things worth making. Um, and it's brilliant because it's it's semi-biographical. Um, 
it's technical, but it's 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 um, it's in a vernacular that anyone, even me, can understand. And then it turns into this guide, you know, halfway through of how to build a company, and it's so interesting because you know one of the one of the things you point out, and I've come across this, and people who I know and love have come across this. You get really good at what you do, and then somebody says, "You're so good at this. We want you to lead a department in this." And that 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 moment, you go, "Oh, this is such an honor," and you're so flattered, and you say yes because you react and you don't respond, and you take the job, and then the next day you stop doing what you're good at yeah exactly everyone's like oh you're gonna just keep doing what you're doing and you're gonna actually do a totally different job and most of the time you're not even trained to do it you're gonna be running people instead of your own imagination exactly and all of a sudden the thing that you're best at you're not gonna do at all you have to watch other people do it and you're like oh and you just feel like a beginner all over again so there's tips in here i mean super super hacks from this guy um about building a team building a company how to spot a good idea um uh you also because you're so wonderful (laughs) at the beginning of the book uh, you you give us all a guide on how you can read this book you can read it straight through from beginning to end you can poke around to find the advice and stories that are most interesting primarily for you. You can follow the See Also links sprinkled throughout the book, which are really, really useful. So when when um, Tony talks about something uh, that is also mentioned in the book further on, he then brackets that and says, oh, by the way, if you're, if you're now hooked on this and you want more of this juice straight away, then go to this next page, which is all fantastic. But because you give a guide on how to read the book, can you give me a guide on how to interview you? Because I don't want to miss out the really important <laughs> questions. And by the way, I promise you I've read the book cover to cover. You know, I mean, I want a bit of Steve's job juice. Of course I sure, do. Sure. I want to know about the early... Um, iPod, I don't know, but you conceiving it, you know, for those because it was it was incub- in its incubation period in your mind for those ten years where you were failing all the time, and then we get to Nest and your ski chalet and all that kind of stuff. Um, so g- give us a bit of Steve Jobs juice first of all. Uh, I think the the big Steve Jobs stuff is really about um, you know telling a story. Right. It's about telling right. why. So first of all, how well did you know Steve Jobs? Uh, I worked for him for ten years. I we would talk. He would call on a Sunday morning. You know that kind of thing. So you, you know it was all a professional. You really relationship. knew him because yeah. people look at him. You work for him. I'm with him and you did things for him and he also one day you know he phoned you up to almost beg you not to leave the company as well so you, well, you had a very close relationship with him I, a close relationship you know he was there and you know uh, actually when it, we're pregnant like took me on a walk to help uh, you know say here's what it's about like to have your first kid and let me tell you how it changed my life and how I think about so kids. the human side of jobs yeah de- definitely we'd had the human side but we had a lot of professional discussions both fun and some some very heated okay. but they were really great so so sorry to, to, to sit on this and I know that you, you may be asked about this more than, than you t- particularly care for but just give us two minutes of what was he like are oh, the myths true are oh, the rumors true give us a, a, a sense check him if you don't mind well but. I think the big thing is, you know, we hear a lot in the popular press about how Steve was like a real tyrant and really that's not true. And that's there's a whole chapter. It's all about what is your what's your intent. Mm. And if it's about your ego and you're treating people and trying to push them down to get your ego, then that's a true one. If you are literally doing it on mission based, you're not bullying anyone. You're really pushing people to do their best. Then you're mission driven and then you're getting into the real details. And most people don't know the stories about Steve and being really mission driven and saying we need to get this right we're not working hard enough work harder on this we got to get it right because if we don't the customer's going to suffer that's what the magic was of Steve and that's what I watched him do and and really got more confidence in being that way okay and you you cite in the book you know he used to walk into various meetings and basically destroy um and the 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 sort of uh, stream of consciousness that was going on and was wrong and he used to leave that meeting and you or somebody who knew him really well would say yeah no he's 
guys, relax. He's definitely wrong about this. But don't worry, because in two days, he'll be right about something else. Yes, I would say sanity will prevail. That's the one thing <laughs> after over, you know, years and years, you'd go, oh, look, yeah, that's a crazy decision. We can go back if we have enough data and everything to push back. And we'll get sanity will prevail. So, you know. It was just how it worked, and and it's great because a lot of times he was inc he had incredibly great ideas, and other times they weren't. But yeah. that's okay. If you don't have bad ideas, you're not probably pushing hard enough to get the good yeah, ideas. Yeah, yeah. If you don't fail every day, you're not trying hard enough. Exactly. Things like that. Exactly. And sometimes we can give ourselves a day or a week or a month off from trying too much. He wasn't great at holidays, was he, Steve Jobs? Uh, he when he went on holiday, it was holiday from his day to day work, so he could think about the future of what he was going to be working on and what we were all going to be working on. So. You know, after about 48 hours, 72 hours, it was constant calling because he was on to some new idea. And was like, we're going to go here with the company. We're going to make these kinds of products. So we actually, we didn't like when he went on vacation because we had to work harder. We had to do our normal job yeah, plus yeah. work on all of these new things that, oh. he, that we, he was thinking about and that we could like help him with. Yeah, you so know. Uh, you, you were asked, I'm sure, on many occasions, is there anything worse than Steve in a bad mood? Yep, Steve on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really testing. Uh, but he was a great storyteller and you cite the most famous pitch of the iPhone uh, which had a twist in its tail more than one twist in its tail it was a fantastic pitch a fantastic launch wasn't it oh yeah it was it, well people called it the Jesus phone like it was behind glass no one even touched it no one even can try it but everyone was like whoa what is this and they could see because he had crafted that story and we had been working to to make the the device be like that story to be that internet entertainment and communications device in your pocket at all times and make it really simple he delivered we all delivered on that message but when it came out it resonated because there were so many people had to either had to carry an iphone a mobile phone and their laptop to get all of those things done yeah all of those things combined together in your hand mm -hmm. that was the magic and people understood it and that just it resonated and you know, and it was why the iPhone is the way it is today. And the clever riff in the launch was, you call it the Jesus phone, but the clever riff was the Holy Trinity because when he started the, the pitch, um, everybody thought, oh, they're launching, you know, Apple today are launching three new products. <laughs> and the, the, the killer, the clincher, the punchline was about, yes, we're, we're launching all these three products, but within one handset. In, yeah, within your hand, in your pocket. Wow. You know, and it was similar to the same thing of a thousand songs in your pocket for iPod, yeah. right? It was so powerful. It resonated that people were like, I got to have it. So much so that it became like black market currency, both mm. iPods as well as iPhones on the market because there was only available in the US. Yeah. So people were smuggling them out into Hong Kong, into China, all over the world to use these things. It was crazy. So you're disrupting the market. You all talk about, uh, you, you talk about firewalling disruptive products in as much as you reference Elon Musk and Tesla and you say other people can now play catch up by making EVs as good as him but his whole production process his battery plants you're going to have to disrupt that also and he's created such a network of disruption good luck out there yeah exactly he you know he's built moat upon moat including the charging stations moat, too that's what they call it, isn't it? Moat, yeah the yeah. moat moat after moat after moat yeah. right so you can't just innovate on one area you have to keep going just think about the iPhone right it's not just the iPhone it's also the Apple services that come with it right so hardware software services plus all the apps yeah that is you know if you go to a, a, a typical Android phone all you get is the hardware yeah. and then you have to work on 
with all kinds of other companies. Yeah. So it's a disjointed experience. And the other thing about like Google or Apple or Microsoft is that they were initially, you know, of course, they were the punks of their day. They were disruptors, but then they become so big, almost too comfortable for themselves. And then they have to they have to sort of have a disruption division, sort of re- rebels within their own for their own cause within their own community. Exactly. You, you always have to challenge yourself because if you're not leap, leapfrogging yourself, Someone else is going to leapfrog so you, right? Do, though, it's a, it, it's a never-ending treadmill in tech, in most businesses, but in tech, it's faster than ever, and everybody's competing. So you have to, like, we had to cannibalize ourselves with the iPod. Yeah, yeah. The iPod was finally Apple was finally getting into a successful state. It had been in a tremendously bad state for 10, 15 years. Yeah iPod brought it into into reality for Apple being starting to be the Apple we know it today, but then the iPhone had to eat the iPod. Yeah. So we had to get rid of the successful business wow. that was finally found to meet the iPhone. Media babies. And exactly. You know, within this sort of this sort of blinding glow of what the success of the iPod and, and the iPhone, you know, I think now because of that, you know, a sort of Orwell, Orwellian-esque re- rewritten Apple's history in my own mind with the, with the Mac, because the Mac wasn't that successful as a laptop, 2% of the market. Well, yeah, it was oh, and only the US yeah there was no retail I, it only I was think one that was like, I think like the most popular computer ever just because of perception right exactly if you went into airport lounges and train lounges back in the uh, early uh, early 2000s it was all PCs there was not a Mac to be found <laughs> it's now totally flipped 20 yeah. years later yeah. but it wasn't like that I know you look like an oddball <laughs> when you had an Apple computer back in 2000 2001 not anymore not it's the anymore. way around okay so let's get back to to the incubation of the iPod in your mind. So when did what was the first idea that you you conceived or dreamt about, you know, or came to you as you're walking in the park or whatever, however your ideas come to you, you know, or come through you that ended up being the iPod? Well, it really started when I was at Philips Electronics. So I was building a division of Philips and I was making these little handhelds kind of similar to the Palm Pilot back then. And we were the first device, it was the Philips Nino, and we were the first device to do audible books. So literally audible spoken word audiobooks. What year was this? This was 1980, 1997. Wow. 1997, 1998. And I was like, wait a second. And I was a DJ at the time. So I was lugging all these CDs around. And I was like, this thing's doing audio. Well, maybe it's going to do music. And yeah, I was yeah. like, could I have all of my music in this little handheld thing? Just so, like I have my audiobook. Once again, me search is the key, isn't it? Not research, but me search. Me search. Oh, yeah, I like that term. I haven't. That's a great term. Absolutely. Me search or we search is the way forward. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was killing my pain. The pain yeah. of backbreaking carrying CDs. All right, let's fast forward to that. So you talk in the book about you can come up with a vitamin or a painkiller. Exactly. And it's, you really want to be coming up with a painkiller. Oh, you absolutely. Look, people don't have to buy vitamins. They don't have to consume vitamins. You're like, do they work? Sort of they, sort of they do, sort of they don't, whatever. But painkillers, people need painkillers. Yeah. And hopefully if you can take painkillers, and it's not a painkiller that you're you're killing the pain every day, but it's a, it becomes a superpower. Yeah. Something that gives you much more, you know, a, a literally uh, tools that you never thought you could have, yeah. right? And make it simple. So as much as we cite the fact we miss our walls of vinyl and those amazing gatefold, you know, vinyl uh, designs from the 60s and 70s Led Zepp albums and, oh. and then CDs, as much as we claim to miss them, well, we do when they're at our own convenience and we have the luxury and the space to to enjoy them. But actually, we want your juice. And, and that's where you were heading. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the nostalgic, and I have vinyl too. I still collect vinyl. But at the end of the day... 
when you're on the go, you want to have everything you want, all your music with you, right? That's where we have all these great streaming services. So to me, you know, we always want to sit to take not just the pain away, but give that superpower something they've never seen before and go, oh my God. Then they tell all their friends, go check this out. You gotta, you gotta see this. You gotta, I, you know, and they feel like they're, they have something that the world's never seen before. So were Apple aware that the savior had just walked through the gates the first day you turned up for work? Excuse me, sorry? Were, were Apple aware that the savior had just oh, walked through the gates? Oh, yeah, come on, no, no, come no, on, by, no, 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 no. Tony, <laughs> you, you invented the iPod, man. Yeah, come on. <laughs> the whole company. <laughs> Still hangs its clothes on that horse. Guess what? It takes a team. You know, I had a... But you put the team together. I I got it, but it still takes a team, and I don't want to take anything away from them. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's just amazing to, you know, again, I pinch myself and go, oh, my God. But, you know, I'm only as good as the thing I just did or the future that I'm working on, and I really care about the future, and I I really care about, you know, climate change and all the amazing people making great things to help us But you're still a very clever dude. All right, so (laughs) so 19 iPods. In. It's just been discontinued, hasn't it? A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was continued. Yeah, about four weeks ago. Yeah. So I couldn't believe it was actually on sale still after 21 years. So yeah. to me, that was like, oh, okay, we're finally there. But look, the iPod might be gone, but it'll never be forgotten. Never, it's a ever. cornerstone, totally. just like the Apple II, the Mac, and the iPhone wouldn't have happened without the iPod. So this is something that's going to live forever yeah. in history. And I just so proud that I got to be involved in both of those things. I was going to say because you know you you would be more than allowed to take a bow and wander off into the sunset forever after coming up with the iPod. But then you stuck around uh, for the iPhone. You know, and if, if you're a band, second album syndrome, you've got to be careful with the second album, you right. know. <laughs> um, but you, you went for, and you emulated, you know, you majorly surpassed your, your first major um, success with the iPhone. So, so from the iPod to the iPhone in a minute, can you give us that... That so so how, what happened? Yeah. So literally, it was mobile phones were starting to adopt MP3 technology to play audio, right? right. And people only wanted to carry one device. Is it going to be a cell phone or is it going to be an iPod? Yeah. And we're like, this successful business of iPod is going to go away because everybody wants more mobile phones. So we tried to partner with mobile phone companies. It was a dr- dramatic failure. So decided we had to make our own. And at the time, there was the touchscreen Mac that was being worked on. There was the video iPod full screen with a virtual interface and then an iPod plus phone, yeah. which was the, literally the classic one that had a phone built into it. All three of those things came together and was was the basis of the what we know as the iPhone Do you iPhone remember the, mo- the moment you or somebody else said, why don't we just put them all in one device? Yeah, because we had tried each one individually, known that they weren't going to work. Right. So, but we said, wait a second, if we take this, take this, it was literally, it came together like that. It, um, was, it was crazy that was it all the, worked. What was the biggest bump in the road in that t- technology journey? Everything. <laughs> We had to do an all new, all new semiconductors, all new. We had to build our own touchscreen technology. We had to build our own touchscreen factory. We had to build all new software, all new apps. We had to work with carriers. We had never built a cell phone before. We had to build cameras into devices. We had never built cameras into things. Everything was new. It was an incredibly huge project. That was the best answer to any question I've asked. I've been doing this for 40 years, right? What was the biggest bump in the road? Everything. Everything. It was insane. Mate, that's so cool. All right, let's get on to this sort of second uh, flavour of the book, which is about, you know, becoming successful yourself. Because you are now, um, not yourself, but oneself, uh, a very successful entrepreneur, investor. You're an advisor. You're a mentor. Just tell us about the world you inhabit nowadays. Well, 
well, besides being on this book tour and, you know, being an author now for the first time, what I do is I invest in companies all around the world. So we right. have a company called Future Shape. We have 200 investments, direct investments in companies that help the climate, help societies and help health. Right. That's what we focus on. So disruptive technologies that I learned that if you have disruptive things like iPod and iPhone, you can unseat the incumbents, take down the big guys like we took down Nokia and Sony and all these things. We work with those incredibly brilliant brains helping the planet to, to do new things that the world's never seen. We were one of the first checks in this company called Impossible Foods. That was plant-based meat back in 2014. Now it's all the rage, but in 2014, people didn't really care. They're like, what's this crazy stuff? Now it's the thing. So we try to get into the stuff before it's gonna change the world. And then the world sees what it is. We help them to, to get the world word out and then we hope to change the world for the better. Right, so one of the best... Well, they're all, all the chapters are absolute killer. They're 10 out of 10 solid gold. Oh, um, thank you. No, but they really are. It's thank a, you. It's a, this book is fantastic. Thank My son, you. who's 13, wants this book tonight from me. Oh, I have to sign one for him. Yeah. I'll, absolutely. Honestly, he knows all about you already. I, did, oh, I had no cool. idea. He knew exactly who you were. Oh, wow, cool. 13 years cool. old. And... Um, one of the one of the uh, sections of the book is how, how to spot a winner, how to spot a success, how to spot a decent product. Just give us a give us a minute on that if you don't. Well, mind. I think one is about the story and the painkiller, which we talked about. But if you're trying to start something yourself, it it's an idea that chases you. Everybody has all these, you know, people have ideas, and then they focus on one or more ideas. I try to run away from them because I get so many ideas. I want ones that are going to feed on my brain. They're like, unfortunately, viruses. They sit there and they go, oh, and think about this and think about that. And I can't get away from it. And that was Nest. Nest was something I couldn't get away from right. for 10 years. People may have heard of Nest. They may not. Um, the story of Nest is fantastic. Again, it's me search. You're, you're the me search king. You had, a ski, <laughs> you had a ski chalet. Good for you. I hope you still got it. Yes. And you and your wife used to go there. And it was too cold. And you thought thermostats what's going on with thermostats exactly like they're unloved they're ugly people hide <laughs> them and they but they 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 cost you half of your energy bill a year you don't even know how to use them and you're going to pay a thousand pounds per year to use it you're like wait a second why is this you know 20 pound device like so bad but i spend so much money so i said well let's invert it let's make it so it's beautiful something easy to use and you're like cherish and you could actually save half of that money that's what it was all about and you could remotely control it so you could be comfortable and not waste the energy and not, and not hurt the planet i was like duh and guess what I, everybody said you're crazy tony like who's gonna do who a thermostat I was like, yeah, it matters. And all of a sudden, they became a gift under the Christmas tree. So, so we made them so nice that the people put them under a tree as a gift. So so what is Nest for people who don't know? So yeah, so Nest is a thermostat that is um, that you can remotely control from anywhere. It's a beautiful looking device. You can control it with your smartphone, turn it up or down, but it also saves money in your um, in your house, when you go away, it automatically turns down to a temperature. Yeah. So you don't have to, every time you leave the house so or simple. come to the house, it turns on automatically, turns off automatically based on when you're there. So it's like, duh. And it worked. It saved most people 20 to 35% of their energy. And you sold it back to Apple, is that right? Sold it to, uh, to Google. Sorry, to Google. To okay. Google, yeah. Um, it's funny because the thermostat world guys, they're going, yeah, we're fine, we're fine. We got the thermostat market for the next century. And they went, oh, unfortunately, Tony Fidel's onto you. What, the guy who came up with the iPod and the iPhone? Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, the other thing you know to, when you have a good idea is when the competition first laughs at you, yeah. then they get angry, yeah. and then they sue. Yeah. And that happened with iPod, iPhone, and even the thermostat. Yeah. We got sued for the thermostat. Well, you have a chapter called Get Lawyered Up, don't you? Yeah. Wow, you did. Re- yes, yeah. it is. I absolutely. I, I promise you. I yeah, it. yeah. Get Lawyered Up for sure. Like, lawyers, you have to understand, there are amazing lawyers, but most of them, you know, just like most, most other professions, you have to find the best of the best to help uh, you. Just fascinating to hear from Tony this morning. Lots of people texting the show. Paul in Tunbridge was. It is truly unbelievable when you zoom out and consider the success that Apple has had. I'm so glad to hear that I'm not the only one who used their holidays for a deep thinking session. Listen, it's fine to deep think on holiday. Just don't don't communicate your deep thoughts to people who are just glad you're away from the office for a fortnight, for heaven's sake. <laughs> Kelly in Cumbria, please thank Tony for the best invention ever. My ancient iPod Classic gave up the ghost a few years ago, but my nano is still going strong, baby. Go, baby, go. <laughs> If Tim, one of Tim Ferriss' favourite questions to ask his guests is uh, if you could put one thing on a billboard, what would you put? Words. Um, I'm going to steal from him. I'm going to ask you that question now. Uh, don't fear failure. Embrace it. That's the only way to learn. Yeah, that's it. And uh, you start the, sh- the, the book off, as I say, the show off. It is your show, your book, um, with talk of your heroes. Who were your heroes and why back when you were a little um, wet behind the ears, uh, enthusiastic teenager? Oh, for me, it was my grandfather. My grandfather started, he put power tools in my hands at four and five years old, much to the chagrin of my mom and my grandma who were like ter- mortified, like they're going to kill themselves, yeah. right? And my brother was because there with me. Because he had time, didn't he? He had time and he wanted to gift you that time. He was also an educator. He was a superintendent of a school system. So he knew what education and tools meant. That's yeah. why he helped me get my first computer as a tool. He saw it as the tool for the modern world. So literally he would, we would repair bikes and lawnmowers and we would build how birdhouses and go gardening together and and fix you know fix bathrooms and whatever and literally it was so empowering because he would tell me look everything we see around us was made by humans you're a human you can repair it you can make it you can make new stuff you can make it better don't be afraid that was what was so amazing at four or five years old what was his name his name was john still around Uh, unfortunately no he died he died about 15 years ago all right what a guy um, Tony, it's real honour to meet you. Oh, thank Pleasure you so much, Chris. To meet you. So cool. And there's this theory that technology, um, AI, you know, the ability, uh, the development of technology now doubles every 18 months. Would you agree with that? Is it an exponential? Will it, is it an infinitely exponential curve? I believe yes. It, yeah, it's exponential, and it's getting faster all the time. Oh, so it's, so it's going to be quicker. It, than it's, 18 it's quicker and quicker because we're getting people to innovate around the world because technology is spread around the world, and there's brilliant people everywhere and problems to solve. And frankly, we need to do that for the climate crisis. All right. So you look at Apple, you look at Amazon, you look at um, Microsoft, you look at Google. Are they inevitably uh, Goliaths, uh, uh, you know, uh, waiting for a David or will they go on and on from, from strength to strength? Well, I, I, I look at this, you know, everything goes through cycles in this in this world. And if you, and you have to have near-death experiences to change, to change yourself yeah. or to change a company. Otherwise, you just won't. You won't. So each of these companies have to go through near-death experiences to get there. Look at Microsoft now. Microsoft is back on top, and 10 years ago, it wasn't. It was like, go forget about it. Apple in 2001, Michael Dell said, wrap it up, give all the money back to the shareholders. Look where it is now. So you have to go through these cycles. Where and are they, those companies, in that, in that way? I think Apple is, you know, Apple is getting you know, t- close to the top. It needs to find a new top. But it's getting to the top because there's a lot of people have iPhones. But I think there's 
so much more to go. Um, I think Google needs to, it's going to have to figure out more and more because there's going to be more regulation put on it. So it's going to have to figure out some new ways of doing that. I think, I think Meta slash Facebook's already going through that moment. I don't think it's, it's on the downward slope, but it's not necessarily had its near death experience. Microsoft went through that 10 years ago. It's now on the, definitely on the upswing. Amazon, I think is now, um, is near the top and it's going to have to challenge itself to get past it. So each of them are just going through their cycles. Tony, where are you going to next? When are you back in the States and Silicon Valley? So I live in Paris. So I'm, oh, you live in Paris? I live in Paris. I've been there six, six, seven years. Actually, that's my inspiration for where I got, I penned up Nest. So I designed Nest there. So I wanted to go back there after, you know, after being in the States for 46 years. Wow. It sounds like you got it sussed. Um, When was the last time you made a mistake and what was it? Uh, Let's see. Made a mistake. Coming on this show. (laughs) No, without a doubt. (laughs) Miss made me make make mistakes daily. If I don't, don't, I'm not learning. All right, mate. Great to meet you. Thanks, Chris. Thank Uh, you so much. Tony Vidal, an unorthodox guide to making things worth making. Build is out now and it is absolutely awesome. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. All right, that's it for now. The amazing Tony Fidel. Thanks for listening. Why not listen back to some more of our other podcasts right here on Virgin Radio from Miles Teller, Susan Kane, and even Russell Foster. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.